Hi, this is Pastor Curtis Crawford welcoming you to our podcast. At Revive Outreach Church, we're striving to revive an awareness of Christ in our communities through Christ-centered compassion, service, and evangelism. You can learn more about us online at www.reviveoc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash church. We hope that you enjoy this message, and God bless. Good morning again and welcome to the house of the Lord today. If you'll stand for the reading of God's word, we're going to continue our series in the book of Philippians. Uh, in chapter four, if you recall, we started chapter four uh, last week uh, and uh, we're going to continue in chapter four today. Uh, so if you turn with me to Philippians chapter four, we're going to be starting with verse eight today. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever uh, things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things that you learned and received and heard and saw me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. You can be seated this morning. Uh, So as we continue here, The Apostle Paul is going to lay out uh, the importance of having control of what we meditate and think upon. I think uh, there is a battle that occurs in every believer's mind to stay focused on the things of God and not to be distracted by the things of the world. Of course, I'm talking Uh, There are many things in the world that vie for our thought life, that vie for our attention, right? Many things uh, that are distracting to us uh, that can even, if ultimately we focus upon those things too much, they can cause us to stumble, to even doubt God's goodness, to doubt what God's word is on a subject. If we feed our minds, with things that are not of God, and we do not think on the things that are of God, then we stand the risk of being rebellious and making decisions and choices and even beginning to believe things that simply are against the what God teaches us in his word. Our minds are an important battleground that the enemy fights us for on a daily basis. Uh, even uh, in, in, in if you, when you come into church, right, as you're worshiping and as you begin to think and, you know, the enemy distracts you with what other people are doing and distracts you with how other people are worshiping or distracts you with the news that you read before you came into service, right, or the Facebook post or maybe the TV show that you watched before you got here, right, the things that take our attention and distract us from the things of God. And so Paul is going to give to us here the importance of focusing on the things of God. Because if we will focus on the things of God, then it will be very difficult for the enemy to deceive us. It'll be very difficult for the enemy to get our attention, to draw our focus away from what we should be looking at, which is, which is God. And, and honoring him, and as he stated earlier in the book of Philippians, being made into the image of his son, right? The enemy will do whatever he can to stall the process of us being conformed to the image of his son. And that battleground starts 
right here in the mind. You know, there is a reason why uh, mental illness has become such a, 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 a pressing uh, factor in our society today. Because the enemy knows that if he can destroy our minds, he can destroy us. If he can overwhelm us with anxiety and fear and doubt and anger, right? And bitterness and depression, right? And self-pity and self-doubt. If he can overwhelm our minds with those things, it will keep us from walking in the spirit and walking according to the commands of God. It'll simply defeat us before we even get up in the morning. We will be defeated before we speak our first word. We will be defeated before we make our first choice. We will be defeated before we get up and walk to brush our teeth. It all starts right here. Now, of course, you guys know that I do not uh, dismiss those who have a, a chemical imbalance or something of that nature. I have been 100% honest with you guys about my own struggles, uh, honest probably to a fault. Uh, so you guys know that I do not believe uh, that, that, that all depression or all uh, anxiety or issues like that are from the devil. Uh, but I do believe that a lot more of it is from the devil uh, than uh, we acknowledge. A lot of people are trying to treat uh, things that are attacks of the enemy or even bad choices that we've made in our lives and choosing to be rebellious before God, treating that with medicine that man provides instead of what God provides, right? So I do believe that there are folks uh, who are chasing, uh, and even in my own life and the issues that I deal with, I know that there are times in my life when my depression or my anxiety is the worst is because to be truthfully honest with you, I am uh, either not trusting God as we talked about last week, right? Uh, or I'm focusing on the wrong things, right? Uh, so even I and the issues that I deal with, I am capable of acknowledging that there are times when I too am not focusing on the right stuff, which is why I'm facing the anxiety and facing the depression that I am because I'm not looking at God. I am looking at everything around me and even maybe bad choices that I've made that have led to those feelings. Uh, we've got to stop treating things with man's medicine when we need God's touch and guidance and to lean upon him. He says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true. Right off the bat, Paul is gonna start off with the most important thing is we need to meditate upon the things that are true. What is truth? I love what Dr. Tony Evans says. He says that uh, truth is God's word on any given subject. Whatever God has to say about a subject, that's the truth, right? So everything that is in his word about any subject, anything that God has spoken through his word, uh, that is the truth. And anyone that says different, they're liars. And that isn't the truth. Right, uh, The battle for truth has been going on in this world for millennia. Adam and Eve, right? Uh, they started with it because Eve was deceived to believe that somehow what God had said was not true or she had heard his truth wrong and so therefore she ate of the tree. Right? So this battle over truth has been since 
uh, since the beginning in the Garden of Eden, and it has continued to progressively and exponentially get and become more ferocious over time to now. We live in a society where we are uh, people are free to choose whatever truth they want to believe. Right? Uh, you know, they, they, we believe truth is subjective. We believe that truth uh, can change based on a person's feelings. And simply, that actually is the opposite of truth. Truth is something that never changes. Truth is absolute. And if you want to know what absolute truth is, it's found right here. Yeah. It is God's word on a subject. That is the end of the matter. If God says it's wrong, it's wrong. If God says it's right, it's right. Bottom line, well, it doesn't matter how we feel about the subject. It doesn't matter what we've experienced or what our personal experience is. It's wrong. The devil likes to get us with personal experience. Well, you know, I, I haven't personally seen that happen. I've met a lot of good people that walk in that sin. I've done right through personal experience. Uh, I, you know, that decide that something that God has declared sinful, he must be wrong about. Because in their experience, they haven't seen it. Uh, you know, it, it, they've met a lot of good people who live that way. Or have done or who participate in bad behaviors. Right? And just because it's our experience does not make it true. And that's what we have to be careful in our lives is we do not allow our experience or our feelings to trump God's truth. Amen. And that is the world that we're living in today. A world ruled by feelings. Yes. Which is why we have zones and colleges and in schools where they could go when they're triggered. Yeah. Because they're being ruled by their feelings. Man, when I was a kid, not so long ago, well, a pretty long time ago, but when I was a kid, mom and dad told me to get over it. And guess what I did? I got over it. Right? Uh, there, there was no trigger room. There was no going into some place playing with Play-Doh and blowing bubbles and rolling on the floor and coloring until I felt better. Right? You dealt with life. You had to deal with those things. And that is the problem we have in our world today as we have a generation of people who were raised to not deal with life. Yep. To not accept the truth that good things happen and bad things happen. And we are ruled by our feelings, which is why we've got a whole group of people that don't know if they're a boy or a girl that identify as non-binary, right? Because they are ruled by how they feel that day. And it's scary because that flies in the face of God's word. The Bible says that God created man and woman, male and female, he created them. There are no more genders than that. You are a male or a female. And if you are think that you are a different gender, then you need help. It is a known medical diagnosis, gender dysphoria. Go get help. The answer is not to mutilate our bodies or mutilate the bodies of our children. That's not the answer. The answer isn't to pump them full of drugs and to pump ourselves full of drugs so that we can feel more like the person we feel like that day. That's not the answer. The answer is almighty God. But we have denied him. We have rejected him. We have pushed him to the side. And so therefore, we are ignoring his truth on the subject and we are allowing 
uh, little girls and little boys to be indoctrinated as low as middle or elementary school, that they could choose what they want to be that day. And even there, we've allowed parents to be blocked out so that they're secretly treating kids to convince them that they can be a boy or a girl. It's whatever they want to be that day. We use terms like birthing parent or birthing person. It is a controversy right now in the state that, uh, 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 that uh, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is the governor over that she's removing birthing person from all the law uh, language within the law. Why is that a controversy? It shouldn't be. But we're allowing people with feelings, how they feel, to rule our society instead of ruling on truth. Feelings are forever changing. They're like a waterbed. You guys ever play on a waterbed when you were a kid? My aunt had this big, huge waterbed. And my brother and I would get on it and we would rock and jump and wrestle. And we loved it because you just go everywhere. We'd make that thing. It's a wonder we didn't pop it, right? I mean, we were everywhere on that thing. Squishy and flowing and moving, right? And if you weren't careful, it'd flop you off the bed onto the hard floor. You know what I'm talking about? Then you contrast that with a regular bed where you have stability and you have uh, protection. You're not going to roll off into a divot, you know, and sink down into the bed and then have, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you have stability, you're not just flowing back and forth. That's, that's why we're not to be children tossed to and fro, uh, you know, uh, waved and moved by every wind and wave of doctrine. Paul says that, right? Uh, we are not to be that way. Right? We are not, the, the Bible says we're not to be children tossed to and fro. Mm -hmm. Right? Going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And that's where we find ourselves today, that even God's children are being tossed to and fro. Torn between what the world says and what God says. And so everything, the battle in our minds starts with knowing and acknowledging that whatever God says about a subject is true, no matter what we feel, no matter what anybody around us says. That's the truth, right? And I guess I, I picked men and women because that seems to be the most obvious and horrible battle that we're fighting right now is that gender nonsense. It is such an obvious example of people ignoring the truth of God's word and going with feelings. And people that I know were raised and know better uh, because they have a loved one that has decided that they are uh, non-binary or the opposite gender, suddenly God's word must have been wrong. Everything they had been taught and everything they had even preached for decades, suddenly, because it was a family member, it changed everything. And I'm sorry, that doesn't change anything. Right? We, they need prayer and they need to be God to move in their hearts and their minds and to change them. That's the only thing that can fix it is God. And so it starts in our lives with meditating upon what is true. What God says is true about us, about the world, uh, about the kingdom of heaven, about everything. Acknowledging that that is true. And no matter what the world or anyone else says, or we feel or experience that God's word is true, even if it hurts. Then that's the other thing in our society is we don't like to acknowledge things that hurt, that hurt us, right? That tell us we're not living a certain way or we're the, what our choices are are wrong. We don't like to be told that, but that's again why we live in the world it is today. We've got people that were allowed to live and children that were raised in such a way that uh, they were never properly enforced that their decisions were wrong. 
that there were consequences Right. And so they're facing those consequences today. And, and, and our country is facing the consequences of not teaching those children right and wrong, that there's truth and then there's lies. So it starts with the truth. He then says, whatever things are noble, the Greek word there means worthy of respect. Um, basically, it means focusing on the sacred. Right. Focusing on the sacred and not the profane. It means focusing on God, who he is, right? Focusing on his word and who God is, not focusing on the things of the world. If the things of the world are replacing the things of God in our life, there is a problem. Right. If, if we're watching Netflix, if we're watching Hulu, if we're watching Discovery, if we're watching Disney Plus, if we're watching, you know, all of those things and we're not we're not praying and we're not seeking God and we're not building our relationship with him and we're not reading his word. Right. We are putting our focus on the wrong junk. Right. The stuff that has no eternal value as Christians, we are to be focusing on things that have eternal value. Right? That's the stuff that is noble. Things that have eternal value. Right? That are those around us know Christ is Lord and Savior. Sharing the gospel. Right? Uh, living a life uh, that reflects Christ. Being made in the image of his son as we talked, as Paul talked about earlier. Being conformed. Right? And Christ-likeness. Those are the things that we should be focusing on. And if anything in this world is keeping us from focusing on those things, then we are uh, living uh, that that is sin, right? We we've got to we got to focus on the things of God and not the things of the world. I'm not saying the things of the world are wrong. Kelly and I love watching baking shows. Watching a baking show is not sin, right? I know your guys are amazed that I like watching shows about food, uh, but uh, you know uh, we love watching those shows. It's something we do together. We enjoy it, and um, but the thing is that in and of itself is not sin. It becomes sad as if I'm binging that and I'm not focusing on the things of God. It be, takes over the place in my life where I should be focusing on the noble. Mm -hmm. Right? God has no problem with us living in this world. We are in this world. We are part of this world. We have to live life in this world. We are pilgrims and our citizenship is in heaven. But while we're here... Right? We live in the world. It's okay to catch a movie. It's okay to watch some TV. It's okay to read books that aren't the Bible. But when those things take the place of the noble things, the things that should be respected and awed and feared, when we're reading Harry Potter and we're not reading God's Word, there's a problem. Right? When we're reading and focusing on things that are not of God or things that don't honor God. Right. So while it's OK to watch TV shows and movies, if that TV show and that movie is mocking God and mocking God's principles, we need to step back and do a clear uh, retrospection. Are we really should we be uh, watching this and being honest with ourselves? If it doesn't honor God, maybe we're not be thinking about it. Paul says we should be looking at the uh, not the profane. Boy, that that got real personal, didn't it? Right, that got real personal because I got to tell you, I watch shows that don't always honor God. I feel guilty afterwards. That means you got to make a correction, right? I, I will tell you, I've done the right thing where I've watched an episode or got through part of an episode and turned it off. I couldn't finish it. But there have been other things like movies that I really wanted to watch and paid my money to watch and I sat there through the whole thing. 
So we've got to we've got to balance. We've got to be careful. If it, if it, if it is celebrating what is profane, we should avoid it. Language, activities that are fly in direct conflict of God's word, it needs to be avoided. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's a tough one. You're like, Pastor, ouch. Because if you really think about it, all of us in our lives have times when we watch things that are not honoring to God, in fact, are actually dishonoring to God. Amen. Um, and we've, we've got to be aware of those things. The battle in our minds starts there. Truth and then focusing on what is godly and what should be all and uh, you know reverentially feared versus the profane and what the world has to offer the cheap counterfeit we've got to uh, i was uh, thinking this week i, I don't remember something i wanted to watch or do I, I honestly can't remember what it was but i remember having an argument myself which was you know this could impact me uh when you know down the road Right. It could in, 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 uh, impact me when I'm as I'm preparing for service on Sunday is really what it was saying. And so I was like, I better turn that off. I shouldn't be watching that. Right. I had to think down the road and not satisfy that immediate desire to watch something. And I actually know that, you know, not to watch it at all. Not you know what I'm saying? Because it could impact me in the future. But so often we want what we want right now. We don't think about the ramifications down the road. Sure. Guys, listen. Uh, men and women, whatever you put in your mind, it stays there for a while, right? And it will come and and, and reveal itself or remind you at the most inopportune times, right? So any nastiness or perversion or smut or anything that you and I put in our hearts or our minds, it isn't a case that you could flush it down the toilet when you're done with it. It stays there and it grows and it, it comes out and presents itself in the most uh, awful and awkward and inappropriate times. That's just the way it is. And so we have to do what we can to guard our minds and guard our thoughts so that we're not focusing on the profane or feeding ourselves the profane. Right. My goodness, right? You can't, what's the old thing? A spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. Well, a spoonful of sugar doesn't make sewage go down. Right. No matter how you know, no matter how you sugarcoat it, it's still sewage and it provides no value. And I'm preaching to myself this morning, but our world would be a better place if we did not focus on the profane and even in some case worship the profane. So focus on what's true. Focus on what's noble. Whatever things are just. This refers to what is right. Right. What is right. Uh, what does that mean? It means that we don't, uh, we're focusing on what God's standard is. What's God's standard? His standard is A, love your neighbor as yourself and love the Lord with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. Right? It means that we don't murder. Right? We don't covet. It means that we don't, uh, you know, we, we don't support adultery. We don't support, uh, you know, these activities that are praised by the world. We don't support them. Right? It means, and not only that, we've got to stand up against them. Right. We, we got to stand up against abortion. We've got to stand up against homosexual uh, right, lifestyle. We've got to stand up against, uh, you know, drug use. We've got to stand up against alcoholism that dominates people's lives and destroys them. We've got to stand up against the sins that destroy people. We got to stand up for God's standard. If it is rebelliousness and sin, we got to stand up against it. Right. 
And so uh, we got to think on the things that are just, even when they're uncomfortable. And even when the world uh, disagrees with it, we need to meditate on the standard of God. If we will meditate upon the standard of God, we are more apt to try to live by that standard. Now, we know that we can never meet God's standard. Thank goodness for Jesus Christ, because if we could, we wouldn't have needed him. So we know we're not going to be perfect, but as we said earlier in the book of Philippians, we are to be every day, we are to be uh, uh, conformed more and more to the image of his son, right? And so we should not be dominated by evil things, dominated by sin. Sin should not characterize our lives, right? Uh, And so uh, as we uh, focus on God's standard, it should help us to make better decisions in our lives. And uh, to look at ourselves and see our inadequacies and our failures and to begin to strive to make changes through the Holy Spirit who is inside of us. We can't ignore, many of us walk our lives, many people walk our lives and ignore God's standard or attempt to live our lives as if God's standard doesn't exist. It's why we're in the shape that we're in today. It's why you have seeker-friendly churches where they go and they don't hear the word of God preached. Uh, this message would not fly uh, in a seeker, uh, you know, friendly church. They don't preach sin and what's wrong and what we need to fix, right? Uh, the pastor doesn't get up and say, I am a sinner and I deal with depression and anxiety. The pastor doesn't get up and say, I make bad decisions and sometimes watch shows I shouldn't watch, right? Uh, because you don't want to acknowledge their sin. But unfortunately, sin is a part of this world. And if you and I ignore it, we're going to go to hell. Right, and I can't be, I cannot be responsible pastor and not preach about what is wrong and what is right in the sight of God. I can't. It comes with the territory. I love to talk about the great things of God. You guys know that how good God is, and merciful God is, and what's to come. But along with that, if I want to experience the uh, abundant life, then I've also got to come to the cross. Without the cross, there is no abundant life. Without the cross, I don't have a glorified eternity. Right, I'm not going to spend eternity in heaven and walk streets of gold without the cross. Yep. Right, and remember when I say abundant life, I'm not talking about having every material thing that you could possibly want or having perfect health. I'm talking about what Jesus said, that he has overcome the world and he has come to give us life and abundant life, meaning that we will have peace and joy and happiness beyond understanding. But it starts at the foot of the cross and me acknowledging that I am a sinner and I cannot help myself and I need his mercy and his grace and his forgiveness. That is the gospel. We should not be ashamed as possible, as the apostle Paul said, not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of salvation and the church, whether they say it or not, has become ashamed to call sin, sin, right, right, wrong, wrong, what is black and white, they have become ashamed of the gospel. But without acknowledging sin, there is no salvation. There is no peace. There is no joy. There is no comfort without us acknowledging that we're lost before God. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, it hurts. It's supposed to be so that we recognize that we are lost without him. And we recognize the sacrifice that he made and the grace and the mercy. We recognize what it means that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We can't appreciate that until we recognize how sinful and lost we are. It starts with that message. And we must be preaching that message and living 
that message and walking according to God's standard. Not because we're to be prideful and arrogant of what God did for us. Or right, we are to do that so that we are presenting others an example that they might ask questions and that we would have an opportunity to share the gospel. We are to be humble and walk with humility and serve others as we are serving God and sharing the gospel. We've got to focus, though, on what God declares right and what his standard is. We need to live that standard and we need to preach that standard. Let me also tell you, it's right in the sight of God that we take care of the poor and we take care of the hungry and we take care of the widow, right? Uh, It's right in the sight of God that we take care of the orphan, right? That we take care of those. You know, we got to be careful uh, that we are uh, not just focusing on, 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 on the those things that have made the mainstream media reports on and the pol- all those things the politicians run on. We got to also remember that God commands us to take care of those who are downtrodden and can't help themselves, right? We have a responsibility to help them, them as well. We got to recognize that uh, when it comes to helping this world and loving this world, no political party has the answer. They, they can't, they're not going to save us, help us, right? Only Christ can save us and help us. And we as believers in Christ, we must uh, be living according to that standard. That means taking care of those who are less fortunate, loving on them, feeding them, clothing, housing them. You know what I'm saying? We are to do so responsibly, but we are to do so. And so all of that, all of it is God's standard. And we don't get to pick and choose which part we are to live accordingly with. He then says, so whatever things uh, are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are pure, those are things that are morally clean, right? Things that are undefiled before God. That is what you and I are to be meditating upon. Uh, Ignoring the things uh, of this world that do not honor God. What is pure? And don't worry about what your neighbor is doing. Don't worry about the person down the street is doing. Focus on what God's word is on the subject and making sure that we are living our lives and focusing on things that are pure and whole. Because our God is holy. And you and I are supposed to be holy. We are set apart. When you and I accept Christ as Lord and Savior, at that moment in time, God says, you are now holy. You are set apart. You're not like everybody else. And we are to live our lives that way. And part of living our our lives that way is we are to stay away from things that are impure. Things that the world participates in. Thing that the, things that the world enjoys. We, we need to get those things out of our life and we need to focus upon God and what God declares is holy and righteous, right? We got to not be distracted by those things. He then says, whatever things are lovely, it means pleasing, literally pleasing. It's the things you and I are to focus on, things like gentleness, Goodness, mercy, self-control, kindness. You know what I'm saying? We need to be focusing on those things. As we said earlier, as we talked about disunity in the church and humbling ourselves and, 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 and serving others and not esteeming ourselves better, 
than others, as Paul wrote earlier in Philippians. You know, we need to be living in gentleness with everyone. Loving them, serving them, right? Helping them, holding them up, strengthening them, interceding on their behalf. Those are things that we've got to be meditating upon. Those things, uh, if, if you and I would focus on those good things, generosity and kindness, right? And, and, and goodness and self-control, our world would be a different place. If we would saturate our minds focusing on those things instead of jealousy and envy and strife and, right, uh, uh, you know, those uh, awful other things, uh, you know, selfishness and self-centeredness, right? If we would stop meditating on those things, and let's face it, folks, we meditate on those things a lot, yeah. right? I sure wish I had what brother so-and-so had, I sure wish I had what sister so and so had. I wish I had this house. I wish I had this car. I wish I had this job. I wish I had this. I wish I had that, right? And we focus and we dwell upon those things instead of thinking about what the goodness and the mercy of God and thinking about kindness and instead of envying that person, praying for that person, right? Instead of wanting what that person has, loving that person, praying for them, interceding for them, that's what we're supposed to to be doing, not focusing on what the world focuses on. Uh, we are not to live our lives controlled by selfishness and self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. We're not. Uh, we are to live our lives uh, focusing uh, upon those things that are lovely, mm-hmm. things that are, that are unselfish, things that are sacrificial, right? But it's not easy to focus on the sacrificial or the unselfish. It's not always easy to be kind. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, especially when I was a kid, I, I won't admit to doing it now. But as a kid, a teenager, when someone would wrong me, did you ever lay in bed and dream of the ways that you could get them back? Like the next time you saw them, you're going to be like, well, I'm going to do this. And then you, as you laid there, instead of feeling better, you got more and more angry. Cause, and the more you thought about the situation and what you were going to do got more and more elaborate and mean and hateful and ornery. Right? I'm sure I'm probably the only one that's ever done that. But, uh, you know, uh, we, you know uh, th- that is not thinking on the things that we should be thinking about. We are allowing our selfishness and our self-centeredness to spiral out of control. My mom used to say, whenever you're mad at somebody, pray for them pretty long. If you pray for them, it'll be hard to stay mad at them. Pray for them. Intercede on their behalf. Right? Even if you disagree, pray that God will have mercy on them. That God will help them. Pray for them. uh, Instead of wishing evil thoughts against them planning how you can hurt them back or I can hurt them back. Revenge. Oh my goodness. Revenge. Terrible, terrible concept. Mm -hmm. Uh, We as Christians should never be seeking revenge. Never, 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 never. We are to forgive as Christ forgave us. Not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. It doesn't And it always isn't instantaneous. It takes time and effort to forgive but we are commanded to forgive. And, and the Bible says very clearly, if we don't forgive others, God won't forgive us. That's not me saying that. That's what the Bible is saying. But the great thing about God is, is we have the Holy Spirit inside of us who can help us to forgive. But that starts with having, thinking about the things that are good. Those, the, you know, kindness and gentleness. 
serving others, praying for others, thinking on those things, being kind uh, to others. It will uh, begin to saturate our minds and our thinking, and it will impact the way that we treat others. If we are focusing on those things instead of selfish desires and self-centeredness. And then finally, uh, he says, and whatever things are of good report. So those are things that are regarded uh, as, uh, you know, well thought of, right? Things that are good things, right? So let's think about this. Uh, Instead of focusing on uh, someone who did something awful, you focus on someone who did something that, that, that God did something great through them, right? So it's thinking about instead of focusing on all the wrong that's happening in the world, looking at the good things that God is doing in the world, the things of a good report. How many of you uh, watch the news and get depressed? How many of you, you watch the news and have anxiety and fear? How many of you watch the news and have doubts, right? That's thinking on things that don't have a good report. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I have to cut out how much news I watch because it will begin to affect how I think. I try to stay on top of things and, and make sure that I'm not unaware, but I don't dive in and follow all the rabbit holes to chase every possible negative story. Because if I do, it, it doesn't positively affect me. There are others who can, can do that. Me, I know that's a weakness. I can't chase every rabbit hole. Uh, and and I, I get more angry and, and I shouldn't. I need to be focusing on the good stuff, not just the bad stuff. I need to be focusing on the people uh, who are, who are uh, lives are being changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good things that God's doing in this world, not just the bad. Our world loves to focus on the bad. Yeah. And that's one of the ways they control us, right? Is uh, they present to us that things are way worse than what they actually are. They never give us the good picture right. uh, because that gets clicks and that gets views mm-hmm. and that makes them money. But you and I have a, an obligation to look for the things where God is doing awesome, mighty works. Those things of a good report, where the homeless are being, you know, given homes and the, you know, the naked are being clothed and the hungry are being fed and, you know, the sick are being taken care of, right, and, and healed and, and, and ministered to. Those are the things that we're to be focusing on and not to be overwhelmed with the bad reports of this world. The world will keep you tore up all the time. Right? They want to divide us. They want to divide us uh, because that's where the money's made and that's where the control comes from. Right? And the whole purpose of God is to unite us into one kingdom, mm-hmm. to love one another, to show grace to one another, right? To serve one another and not to be blinded by the evil of the world, but to focus on the mercy and the love and the graciousness of God. And to love and serve and forgive uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And not be distracted by what the world has to say. If there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. So he's saying, follow my example. Right? So think about, meditate on all of these things. He says, and then make sure you follow my example. And if you do that... The God of peace will be with you. We already looked at last week where he said that God will give us the peace that surpasses all understanding and he will guard our hearts, right? And that was predicated on focusing and trusting in him, right? Not being anxious 
and, and what we talked about uh, last week. Uh, but also part of having that peace is controlling our thought life. Mm-hmm. Controlling and winning that battle in our minds. And listen, we have an advantage. That advantage is the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us, who could help us and strengthen us and guide us and direct us. If you know Christ as Lord and Savior, if you are his child, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Yes. Right? And too many of us live like the Holy Spirit does, it doesn't live with us. We're not weak. We're not anemic. We don't, you know, the world has told us our whole lives that we're weak and we're anemic and we have no power and we're worthless and we're useless. Well, that's not true. God saved us. He called us. He gave us value. And the Holy Spirit lives and resides in us. And he has given us the power to say no, uh, to sin and walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh if we'll just rely on it. Yeah. Right. And so we can we can uh, have the strength to think and focus upon these things with the Holy Spirit who is inside of us. Yes, we're going to mess up. Yes, we're going to sin. Yes, we're going to have problems, right? We're never going to be perfect until uh, we are on streets of gold and heaven glorified in a new body. But until then, uh, we are to uh, rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to guide our lives and guide our thoughts and guide our decisions. That And then if we make mistake, know that we have a, an agreement with the Father, right? That he will forgive us of our sins if we'll simply ask for forgiveness he'll forgive us and he won't hold them against us and um, you know we we have to depend upon the holy spirit and if we will do those things it is promised that we can have peace and that's how you have peace in spite of what's going on in the world around you don't be distracted by what the world has to say don't be distracted by all the things going on in the world and what they focus on focus on what god focuses on Focus on those things. Let us stand. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you enjoyed it and were blessed by it. Each month, we have people from all over the world who listen to the messages made available. If you've been blessed by this ministry, would you consider making a donation of any amount to help support us as we continue to reach a loss for Christ? Donations can be made online at www.reviveoc.org or by check at Revive Outreach Church, 411 Chatham Heights Road, Suite 101, Fredericksburg, Virginia, 224. Thank you for your prayers and your continued support. May God richly bless you.